Welcome to the Daily Naked Pair Podcast, brought to you by Rocco Blue, the first ever brand focused on supporting parents with special needs children. Naked Parent Nation is a group of parents with special needs children who are willing to get vulnerable, strip it all down, and take a look at ourselves, our parenting, our family, and our plans to create a life beyond our wildest dreams. Hello, Naked Parent Nation, and welcome to today's episode of the Naked Parent Podcast. My name's Chad Ratliff, and I'm your host. And on today's show, we are going to talk about some amazing things. You're going to meet an amazing man. But before we do that, let me introduce our preamble to our community's preamble. Naked Parent Nation is a worldwide community of parents raising children with all kinds of needs come together to share our naked truth, support our fellow parents, and inspire the inner growth that each of us needs to build the life and family of our dreams. For the parents that are struggling, we want you to know that we will love you until you can love yourself. For your children, we pray and send power from our collective group. As we come to understand our divine nature, we realize that there's no need to feel sorry for ourselves, be angry, or feel lack. We come to understand that our feelings of limitation and separation are only in our minds. Through self-realization, we expand our consciousness so that the challenges that perplex us today dissipate one by one until we're able to see and experience gratitude and beauty in everything just as it is. We have the power to create any kind of life we want for ourselves and our families. We do this by living in the naked present moment one day at a time. Esther and Jerry Hicks call it the science of deliberation, and we call it the answer to all of our prayers. And like I said, we have a treat for you today. We have Mikos Mitchell with us. Welcome to the show, Mikos. Thank you. But before we get into our conversation, I want to tell you a little bit about Mikos, that he's written 41 plays since 2002. That's correct. 4-1-41. And if that isn't astonishing enough, let me tell you that he was nonverbal until the age of six. But today he sits with us with two college degrees in psychology. He went to grad school. He's got a driver's license and he mentors autistic kids now. Mikos, I feel so honored to have you on the show today. Thank you for being here. You're so welcome, Chad. Can you tell us? A little bit about your journey as far back as you can remember. What do you so, remember growing up? So I, I was born on June 11th, 1984. It's a suburb of Chicago. I was born in McNeil Hospital. And then my parents' were, names were Lisa Johnson and Mike Kel Mitchell, senior, my mother and father. And then I was diagnosed with autism at the age of two at Michael Reed's Hospital in Chicago. And I grew up in a suburb of Chicago called Summit, Illinois. It's right by Chicago Midway Airport. It's basically an outskirt of the southwest side of Chicago, but it's a suburb. Okay. And, and my first, you, go ahead. My first memory was at age three. Wow. And and you were nonverbal at the time. Yeah, in times. Do you remember that being difficult or? Both of my parents are deceased now, but I know I got a sister named 
Marnett Johnson, then San Diego, California, my older brother, Mike Cal Mitchell II. But my mother would tell me if I was alive, my first, I remember being nonverbal, like, I would like scream and cry, like, with the uh, separation anxiety. When my mother left, mom raised four children by herself. I'm like middle child, the uh, second youngest. But I function as a firstborn, even though I got two older siblings, and I helped raise my younger brother, Mac Henry Johnson, but he lives in Davenport, Iowa. But back to my story, I would like run around. And then my first good memory is when I accidentally burned myself with coffee at the age of three. We got to know that's why that's I, a good memory. Yep. Why is that a good memory? It's not really a good memory, but it's more like a bad memory. That's like the first memory that I can really remember. And then I can remember age four. Like I went to Arrow Special Education in Burbank, Illinois. I remember going on the Harneys and going on a small yellow school bus. Oh, yeah? I think I remember being repetitive at the age, even though I was not very well. I watched the news, the TV shows from the late 80s. I would watch Full House and I would watch Wonder Years and all that other stuff. Yeah. Real Fortune and Jeopardy. I watched those too. I watched those too. Was growing up difficult or was... Did you have a, a nice childhood? Mm, I had a nice childhood. And then as you hear about my story, like, yeah, my first word were Beetlejuice at the age of six. Really? And then yeah. I moved up half a block away in Summit, Illinois. Like, And then I remember saying the word Beetlejuice and my mother were proud of me. Aw. Yeah, I was the youngest until my baby brother was born in 93, but... This was 1990, and then I re- I can remember growing up. You do? Mm-hmm. It was a good childhood, you said? Yep. Did being nonverbal or on the autism spectrum, did that present, was that challenging for you, or? It was challenging to my mother. Like, I can remember her saying she thought I was deaf around three or four years old. And then she found out I have autism, like high-functioning autism. So when did you start getting into writing plays? I started writing plays when I was a teenager, 17. But I read in the newspaper at the age of 16. I was a teenager then. And I did a lot of things when I was a, de- I mean, a teenager. At first, I used to slam dunk the basketball. I you actually up at the age 11. I'm six foot now. Nice. But when I was 11, I grew from five foot four inches to five foot eight in sixth grade. And I would grab the basketball around. And then fast forward to age 14, I became a DJ. And my DJ name was DJ Too Bad Meek. And I was yeah. listening to house music and Chicago house music. And then age 17, I'd written my first play. Wow. Is that just something that was inside you? You just had a passion for plays? What made you, how were you inspired to start writing plays? It was William Shakespeare. Like, it was my senior year in high school, 12th grade. And 
I was in a literature class, literature and rhetoric, and it was Argo Community High School in Summit, Illinois. And then I read Shakespeare, Julius Caesar, Etu Brute, and YouTube Brothers. And then I started writing plays. And then another play, another person who inspired me was Tyler Perry. Yeah, he played as Medea Simmons. He was already famous before he did his movies. After I watched the play, A Diary of a Mad Black Woman, the play, I started writing. And we were just getting over the events of 9-11. This was like 2002. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Have you ever directed any of the plays or brought any of them to life? Or I brought, like, I studied, I minored in theater arts at the University of Iowa. I actually been studying theater since I was 17. And then the community college I went to was Scott Community College in Bedendorf, Iowa. I took a theater class, intro theater. And then I took a couple playwriting courses at the University of Iowa. And then I've written, and then I was working on a play called Living in Iowa City in 2014, 2014. And that's when I was living in Hastings, Minnesota with my ex-girlfriend and her family. And then I was writing this play called Living in Iowa City. And then Andy Landerfield from Black Dirt Theater read the script. He liked it. And that's how I got involved with Black Third Theater. Fast forward to 2015, I a short play called Starstrucks. It was a sci-fi fantasy play. I think that's the only play I brought it to life. To life? That one? Was that fun experience? Yeah. It was part of a new 24-hour play challenge. Oh, cool. Yep. That's awesome. And you said you mentor uh, young kids? Yeah, I've been doing that since, well, since 2020, yeah. And one of them live in Gladys Falls, New York. And she's six years old. And I've been mentoring her since 2020, when she was four. And well, her mother and I are good friends. And I watched her grow from being four years old, a preschool child to a school-age child. And she has like a club foot and ADHD. And I would video call her. She would video call me with her mom's permission because we were dealing with COVID-19 global pandemic in 2020. She was like, Mikos, can we play Roblox now? Yeah. And another person I mentored live in a suburb of Minneapolis, Richfield, Minnesota. He's a he just turned eight two days. No. He just turned eight two days ago. I'm friends with his mom and dad. And he likes Super Mario Brothers. Awesome. What inspired you to become a mentor for these kids? Well, my late mother, she knew I love writing plays when I was like 18 years old. Like she said, Mikos, you should really mentor these kids. You should really talk about your story in your life. And then another one was my ex, another ex-girlfriend of mine. This was last year before I broke up with her. Like, you should really put it out there, make a YouTube video. And then ever since, I've been 
helping people out. It's my passion. I want to tell them my autism journey and help them with other, their autism journey. That's awesome. You have such a positive vibe about you. Have you always been that way? Yeah. Like I had the drive and the passion to be successful. Even when I had a few struggles, like I like motivate myself. Who was, who was a inspiring mentor for you growing up? For me? Who Who uh, helped you through the difficult times? I would say my mother and like my mother's like boyfriend. He's kind of like a, he was like a stepfather to me, but really that was my mom's boyfriend and the special education teachers. Yeah. Like, you had the teachers. The, yeah. That's awesome. Do you mind if I ask how old you are? I'm 37. I'll be 38 on June 11th. Wow. That's that's awesome. What would you say to the kids out there that are on the spectrum that are struggling, that feel like some of the things that they deal with is making life difficult? What do you say to them? I would say to the kids that I'm mentoring or all the kids that's on the autism spectrum, there's hope. Take it one day at a time. None of us is perfect. And I would say, if you want to be successful, like, you got to take one at a time and have the support. I'm there to support the kids and be there for them. Oh, that's so sweet. Did you ever, did you ever deal with any bullies or, or things growing up? Yeah, I was bullied a few times. Well, my freshman year in high school, like, I was more like a class clown. I was bullied a few times. One of like my mother, she inspired me. Well, like I really looked up to my mother, but when at times that we had disagreements, she kind of, I kind of was bullied. Yeah, it was by my mom. It was like a disapproval, disagreement. And then I went from being bullied to being popular. My senior year, I was being popular. And then University of Iowa, my years, I sound like a motivational speaker. That's awesome. That's because your spirit is so positive. I mean, you just have such a good vibe about you. I think you're an unbelievable mentor. There's a lot of kids that are really struggling being on the spectrum. Yeah. They feel depressed. I'm here to make a difference. You are making a difference, man. You're making a difference for me today. I feel pumped. I'm excited, you know? What do you say to the parents out there who are raising kids on the spectrum and they're having challenges and difficulty raising the kids? What do you say to them? Well, the parents, like I would say, be patient to your children. You can discipline your kids, but you can also offer them reinforcements. Like, do believe in rewards and punishments, but really it's redirect them to different activity. And then allow children or allow the child or children to be children. Like I wouldn't want the parents to overprotect their kids, even that's on the autism spectrum, give them something to do, like have them join Special Olympics or the autism clubs. 
autistic mentor like me. That's awesome. What are your thoughts on, did you have ABA therapy? Did you have speech therapy? Were you in those kinds of things uh, when you were growing up? I had speech therapy, yeah. But I heard about ABA therapy because I studied psychology, applied behavior analysis. That's what it's called, ABA. Yes. I had a lot of speech therapy, and in some words, that I still have trouble pronouncing even in English, even though I took a foreign language class, so Spanish. But it took, that's probably what wanted me to write plays and help mentor these autistic kids. It's like going back through my experience and relating to them. I got five kids and two of them have special needs. And those two kids work so much harder than my other kids because they go to school. And then when they're out of school, they're in speech therapy. They're having ABA. They're still working, you know? Did yep. you have to work hard growing yeah. up? I'm like being repetition, repetition. I have at Galea. And that will work with my schoolwork. Like junior high school, I will study a lot. I will study more than usual. I was on the honor roll and the B honor roll. I think my junior year, I was a straight A student. And I had to study algebra and geometry. I'm on trigonometry, pre-calculus. Wow. wow. And I read Moe Dick and Ernest Hemingway and Mark Twain, Charles Dickens in my junior year. Like, wow. I worked harder than most people. That's amazing. Well, it's paying off, huh? Mm-hmm. I mean, what's going on for you now? Or what's next for you? What well, next for me after today's interview, like tomorrow, I got like a second interview at the Minnesota Autism Center in for Rochester, Minnesota. So I have applied for the behavior practitioner, mental practitioner. I'm basically applying all the skills that I learned by mentoring kids. And I have my own Facebook group on Facebook Messenger. Originally, it was called Migos' Autism Journey. It's called the Migos' No Drama Group. And then in June, I'll be flying on an airplane for the first time ever. Wow. And I'll be going to Seattle area because we'll be seeing two friends of mine and her seven-year-old daughter was recently diagnosed with autism. and. She helped me. Her mother helped me a lot, like how to set boundaries and how to prepare for interviews. And she's helping me with life skills while I'm mentoring her seven-year-old daughter. That's awesome. So are you more excited or nervous to go on a plane? Both. Yeah. Did you know that um, flying on a plane is safer than walking to your mailbox? Yeah, because yeah. I was taking a stats course in college statistics, probability. Yeah. And odds. Wow. Well, that's exciting. Are you still writing plays or? I still write plays time to time, but now I'm focusing more on the autism part, helping people with autism. But the next play I'm writing would be called A Princess. It's based on a six-year-old autistic girl who lives in Gladys Falls, New York. Wow. 
Yeah, the name of it will be Princess. And I will write a play about Mona and Disney Frozen, Frozen 2. Awesome. It'll be based on that. And who is your Facebook page for? Like who? Uh, That's for the parents and mostly autistic kids. Like I was trying to create a support group because I had a hard time arranging to meet with them in person due to the COVID-19 global pandemic and the distance and the cost. I already met an autistic child in person and I'm about to meet another one in person in June. Wow. Do you have a community online yet or are you just building it, just starting? I'm building the community and I got another page. I got a Facebook group and then I have a page called Miko's Autism Journey. I'm trying to set that up. Yeah. If you want to, after the show's over, if you want to send me the links to any of those pages, we can put it in the show notes so that people will have a way to get in contact with you. Yep, they can. That's super exciting. You know, from what we've talked about or just something that's on your heart, what words of wisdom or encouragement do you have for the parents and the kids out there that are struggling? You said one day at a time. I love that. But maybe you can talk a little bit more about a lot of people are struggling. I'll say for the kids, just be yourself. That Every child learned their own pace. Like, I want to quote this from, I can't remember who I'm saying, like, but you can fail a million times, but only take once to be successful. That helped me get my driver's license. And on my spare time, I know I'm, I'm good with helping kids with autism. I also helped teens and young adults with autism, like with a driving simulator. This USB steering wheel and pedals, the driving game, that will help me get my driver's license. Really? Awesome. What do you say to the to the kids that are insecure and they they don't have confidence and they feel there's something wrong with them? What do you say to them? It's okay to be normal. And to the well, it's okay to be yourself and just don't worry about other people. Just worry about yourself and work hard. You'll be successful. Just take it one day at a time. Even if you have to struggle for many, many years, you're, there's hope. You'll make it. And once yeah. You give me chills like you were born to be a mentor and leader, yep. I feel. And then for the parents with autism, like, let the kids be kids. Let them, like, let them trust an autism mentor or... And I also believe that one day, like research has shown that one in 48 children have autism spectrum disorder. And I don't see it as a disability. I see it from a different ability. And Charles Darwin's theory states that one day autism may be our new normal. This is like the evolution. That's awesome. With that. I like that. So it's not a disability. It's a different ability. Is that what you said? Yeah, people just learn different. There's a different way of learning. I love that. I love that. That's an, you know, because I think there's a lot of it's easy for us as parents to like feel like we're trying to fix something when, as you're saying, we're just raising people with different abilities and a different way of learning. Yep. That's wonderful. I'm so grateful that you took the time to be on the show today. Is the Facebook group the best way to get a hold of you for people that want to reach out to you? Or is there a better way? I'm going to give you my contact info. Like, 
like they can have my phone number, they can have my Gmail, they got they can look at my Facebook and look up the link to my YouTube channel. Perfect. All right. So send us that. I'm gonna post it and I would love to stay connected and touch base down the road if you're up for that and just kind of yeah, hear sure. hear what you're up to. Okay. I'm looking forward to that. All right. Thank you so much and have a wonderful rest of your day. You too. Later, Mikos. Later. This concludes our show for today. And I'd like to personally thank you for spending the time with us on a topic near and dear to our hearts. If you'd like to be part of the Naked Parent Nation and help us reach those parents that are struggling and overwhelmed, there's no better way to help than by subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show on iTunes. iTunes highlights the shows based on these metrics, and the more the show gets highlighted, the more opportunities people will have to be introduced to the show where they can hear that message of hope or that tip that can change everything. So follow the link in our show notes And we hope to have you back here tomorrow where we'll do it again. From the team here at the Naked Parent Podcast, we wish you the life you've always dreamed of and then some. So long.